So the question then first is what was the prophetic model of Tazkiyah? How did the Prophet do this? He has been tasked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala him that you must purify them. And them in the first instance obviously means the Sahaba Karam radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajmain. When you go through the Hadith literature and you read widely in Hadith it is able, you are able to get a picture of how it is that the Prophet did this tazkiyah and how the Sahaba Kiram were students of this tazkiyah. Because in a sense, as much as the Prophet is a model for us in terms of we, he is our ideal type, the Sahaba Kiram are models for us in the sense that they have shown us how to follow that ideal type. If I want to know how to be an Ummati, I can't look at the Prophet because he was the Nabi. He wasn't the Ummati. I have to look at the greatest Ummatis, I have to look at the greatest Mu'mineen, I have to look at the greatest lovers, students and followers of the Sunnah, and that is the Sahaba Ikram. So in addition to trying to track how did the Prophet how was he a teacher of Tazkiyah, I also need to track closely how were the Sahaba Ikram students of Tazkiyah. And these two things are actually inseparable. They're inseparable. So when you read through the Hadith literature, you will find very clearly, and one of the real benefits of reading widely in hadith, is you, it's almost like you can reconstruct the Madani period. And you get a feel for what it may have been like to have been a Sahaba. You can get, you, if you read extensively, you really feel that you get an insider's look into the heart of a Sahaba, into the day and night of a Sahaba, into the life in Medina Manawara, into the life that was centered around Masjid al-Nabwi sallallahu so the number one thing that we find in the Sahaba Kiram is that they used to turn to the Prophet ﷺ. This is what we will call in Arabic alternatively Rabita or Ittila. Rabita means that they were in contact with the Prophet ﷺ. They would communicate with the Prophet ﷺ. And Ittila, if your Urdu is good, you would also know Ittila means to inform. They would inform the Prophet ﷺ of their condition. Just as an example, to use a hadith that is very well known, that, so that most of you would have already heard it, Sayyidina Hanzala radiallahu ta'ala anhu was once walking around the streets of Medina Manawara, saying, Na faka Hanzala, na faka Hanzala, you know that Hanzala has become a munafiq, he's a hypocrite. And so Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu heard him and went to him and said, Ya Hanzala, why are you saying this? And Sayyidina Hanzala said that, well I'm saying this because I feel in my heart a hypocrisy, not nifaq fil amal. No amal, not nifaq fil amal, nifaq fil qalb. See, they're worried about that pure heart. They're worried about, do we have that pure unintainted heart? They're not content with their zahri amal. They're not content with the fact that they've left sin, external and outer and apparent sin, and that they've conformed themselves to outer manifest obedience and worship. But he's looking into his heart. And so he says to Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, but I feel I'm a hypocrite in my heart. Why? Because when I'm with, when I'm in the company, when I'm in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ, the yaqeen and the level of iman and jazbah in my heart is greater. And when I'm separate from him, when I'm absent from him, when I'm not in his company, the level of iman in my heart is lower. So I feel I'm a munafiq. I feel that I have this hypocrisy in my heart. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq ta'ala anhu said that if that is the definition of a hypocrite, then I am all the more of a munafiq than you are. Because he was Siddiq. He was Mahbub Rasul. He obviously would have been the one who would be the most affected 
by the Sobat of the Prophet ﷺ. So then Sayyidina Abu Bakr said that, okay, what we should do is both of us, we should go to the Prophet ﷺ, Rabita. We should establish contact with the Prophet ﷺ. We should inform him of this condition in our heart, ittila. So contact, communication, and to inform of what is in our heart. That is what the Sahabah Ikram did. And, and in any case, as the hadith continues, and the Prophet told them that this is not nifaq. And if you were to maintain the same level of yakin all the time as you were to maintain with me, right, then the angels would be surrounding you at all times. So it's just not possible. You're, part of being human means that your company is going to affect you, the presence of that company will affect you, and the absence of that company will be noted. Done. What does it mean that after the Rabatah and after the Ittila, the Prophet ﷺ now on the teacher's side, he gave some nasiha, he gave some counsel, some advice, some guidance. And then back on the student's side, what would the students do? The students follow that guidance. That's it. That is a prophetic model of Tazkiyah. That you have a person who you turn to, who you do Rabatah with, who you're in contact with, that you do ittila with, that you inform of the conditions in your heart, that person gives you some nasiha, some advice, some counsel, and you do ittiba of that nasiha, you follow that guidance and that counsel. Now let us try to trace this prophetic model of tiskiyah back to the Qur'an al-Kareem. So number one, Obviously, you're only going to feel the need to do rabat and ittila to contact someone and inform them of your condition if you do not know yourself what is the answer to your predicament. So, for example, if there's a young woman who is afflicted with backbiting, she has a habitual backbiter, or she feels envy for her fellow Muslim women, or she has anger, or she has short-temperedness, or she has any spiritual ailment, or she says, I don't feel close to Allah subhanahu on my salah, or when I recite istighfar, I do so without remorse and regret. Or when I recite salawat and durud, I do so without love for the Prophet in my heart. Or any one of a number of things that all of us are afflicted with. And all of which are signs that our hearts are not pure. All of which are flaws that need to be corrected. All of which are filth that we need to be purified of. Now there are two possibilities. Either we know how to do it, or we don't know how to do it. Even some of us who may think we know how, we're unable to do it. So even then we need help. First level of help, maybe I need to know what's the knowledge that will take me out of these inner sins. What is the knowledge that will take me out of my lackluster, my lackadaisical ibadat? Or someone might say, I know it, but I'm too lazy to do it. So what is that knowledge that's going to remove my laziness? What is that knowledge that's going to remove my apathy? So obviously, before we do Rabat and Ittala, we're going to be qualified as a person who does not know how to get themselves out of this rut. Otherwise, anybody who knows and is able, anybody who has the knowledge and ability and successfully does so, has no need of doing Rabat with any teacher, has no need of informing their condition, if they're able to self-cure themselves, if they're able to purify themselves, nothing better than that. Object is to become pure. Quran al-Kareem has laid it out. Your heart must be pure and purified. If it's not pure, purified. If you can purify it on your own, using your own knowledge, your own ability, great. If you can't, then you're amongst the people who don't know. So what does the Quran al-Kareem say about that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, 
فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So we're going to do tarjama backward. إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ If you don't have ilm, if you don't know, don't know how to remember Allah in your salah, you don't know how to feel Allah in your dua, you don't know how to rid your heart of love for this world, you don't know how to do that. So we fall in the Quranic category of those people in kuntum la ta'lamun. If you do not have the ilm, what should you do? Should you think? No. Should you use your aql? No. Fata'akkalu? No. Should you ponder? Fata'dabbaru? No. Should you reflect? Fata'fakkaru? No. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself say in the Quran? Fas'alu. Ask. I.e. establish rabita. Go and correspond with someone. Communicate with someone. Establish contact with someone. Such that you are a questioner. I, you are a student. Everyone in the world knows that when you ask someone a question, you've immediately entered for at least a moment, if not more, a teacher-student relationship. Fas'alu, go ask. Make rabata. Establish contact. Acha ya Allah, with who? Fas'alu ahla dhikri. Ask the people of dhikr. Ya Allah, what I don't have is ilm. So you should be telling me, Fas'alu ahlul ilmi in kuntum la ta'lamun. Ask the people of ilm if you don't know. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the people of dhikr. Why? The Mufassirin have written, because the reason you're asking is not for ilm. You're asking to do amal. So you need to ask a sahib amal. You're not asking for intellectual edification. You're not asking for scholarly knowledge. You're not asking for information. You are seeking to change yourself. You are seeking to purify your heart. Therefore, it's not enough to go to someone who has the information about that. You need to go to someone who's actually been able to do that. You need to go to someone who has the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their heart. فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And this is a hukum given in the Qur'an to all believers for all times. So this is the first step of the prophetic model of Tizkiyah shown in the Qur'an al-Kareem that we must ask when we don't know. We must correspond when we don't know. Just like Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and Sayyidina Hanza did not know is this nifaq or not. Or if they thought it was nifaq, they didn't know how to rid themselves of that nifaq. Either way, they went to the Prophet They were doing amal on this verse. Another aspect of the prophetic model of Tizkiyah, in addition to the asking, the rabata, and the informing. Second aspect is simply to keep the company. In other words, how did the Prophet do ta'lim of the kitab and ta'lim of hikmah through instruction? These are called ta'limatun nabi, by oral teachings. And those oral teachings have been preserved and transmitted through the ahadith. And they form one part of the sunnah. But our topic in the next, in today and tomorrow, is how did the Prophet transmit the teachings of Tizkiyah? That was not only through oral teachings. A little bit was through oral teachings, but the larger part was through Sahaba. That is why you and I and every Muslim and every non-Muslim in the world calls the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, the first generation of Muslims, Sahaba. Sahaba has come from this word Sahaba, that you must simply keep the company. Those people who put themselves in the presence of the Prophet Let me explain to you. How does that transfer? What transference happens? 
So let's take a positive attribute, which is tawakkul, because part of purification also means to adorn ourselves with the positive attributes, with the sifat of the mu'mineen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an, which are many, sabr, shukr, tawakkul, inabat, muhabbat ilahi, muhabbat rasul, dhikr, tawbah, etc. Let us take an example of tawakkul. Now the Prophet did not teach the Sahaba Karam tawakkul verbally. He did not bring them to the level of that the each and every Sahaba was amongst the mutawakkilin. And Allah Subhanahu wa said in the Quran, "Inna Allah yuhibbul mutawakkilin." That verily Allah Subhanahu wa loved the people of tawakkul. That was not done verbally. That was done through their company. For example, the night before Badr, Sayyidina Rasulullah was praying. And he kept praying and praying and praying to Allah Subhanahu because he knew that the odds were against the Sahaba. He knew that according to the Zahir, it was going to be a very difficult battle to win. And he was praying so much that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and the rest of the Sahaba were so amazed that while they were thinking maybe we should try to get some more weapons or we should be thinking of sitting down and planning some strategy or make some battle plan, here's our Prophet ﷺ standing on the Musalla. That's how they learned Tawakkul. And the Prophet was praying so much to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then making so much dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when he was making dua, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq went to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, it's enough. Enough. Allah ta'ala will surely answer your duas. Now, that's a hadith that, fine, we have that hadith that Sayyidina Abu Bakr said that. But what you can't capture in the words that what did Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq learn when he saw the Prophet praying for so long? He learned tawakkul. He realized what it is to do what you have to do when you're faced with adversity. And certainly that lesson that he carried with him when he was Amir Mu'manin and the first Khalifa to Rasul. So he learned that tawakkul through the suhbah by keeping the company of the Prophet Acha, Is there any evidence or basis for this aspect of the prophetic model of Tazkiyah in the Quran? Yes. Allah subhanahu wa says in Quran Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu O oh, people of Iman, again, a universal verse for all believers for all times. Ittakullaha, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He deserves to be feared. Be aware and conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He should be aware of. Esteem and value Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He should be esteemed and valued. Love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He should be loved. All of this means taqwa. You know, many times we try to explain to people that English is a poor language. You see, like it takes 81 rupees to a dollar, it takes about 80 English words <laughs> to communicate one Arabic word. Urdu is a little bit better. Urdu is a little bit better. There is no one word in English that can convey what taqwa means. Ittaqullaha wakunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Allah subhanahu says in Quran, wakunu ma'as-sadiqeen and join your being with the sadiqeen. Sohbat. All of us know the verse, Kun fayakun. When Allah subhanahu wa wants to create something, He issues His Amr, His command, Kun, be, fayakun, and it becomes. So, Kunu refers to our very being. Allah subhanahu wa saying in the Quran, again using the imperative form, Kunu ma'asadikin. Fas'alu, the first verse, also imperative form. Ask. This verse, Kunu ma'asadikin. Also the imperative form, keep the sobat. Put yourself in the company of the sadiqeen. So it's just a question. The only question me and you need to ask is exactly how are we going to do amal on this verse of the Quran. 
And today and tomorrow, I'm simply going to be presenting to you one way of doing amal on this verse. We have no claim that there's only one way to do amal, but there's a way that a large group of ulama, muhafassireen, muhaddisin, fuqaha, usuliyin, from the history of this ummah, chose to do amal on this verse. Kunu ma'asadikin. I shall also tell you something for Arabic grammar. It's a principle of Arabic grammar that when you have two plural forms, muqabalatul jama alul jama, it means taksimul fard alul fard. I'll explain this in English. It means that when you have a two plurals, it means that you divide the singulars onto one another. Even that's not going to help you. I'll give you an example. So I'll give you another example from the Quran in Arabic, then I'll explain to you in English, then you will understand the grammatical principle, then I will bring it back to this verse. Allah subhanahu wa says in Ayatul Wudu, Fagsilu Waju Hukum. Fagsilu, also Amr. And if any of your students of Arabic you know this is Jamma Mudakkar Hazir of Amr. The plural form. The plural form of the imperative uh, the plural conjugal plural conjugation of the imperative form. Wuju is also plural. It's the plural of waj, means your faces. Fagsilu wuju hukum means all of you should wash your faces. Now, it doesn't mean that all of you get into a room together and start washing one another's faces collectively. It means taksimul fard alal fard. It means each and every one of you should wash one face. You understand? That is the grammatical principle in Arabic, that when you have two plurals, it maps the elements of each plural onto one another singularly. So, Fagsulu wujuhakam, all of you should wash your faces, means each and every single one of you should wash a single face, i.e. your own in this case, because it is reflexive. Over there, when Allah SWT says, Kunu ma sadiqeen, again, Kunu is plural, sadiqeen is also plural, plural of sadiq. It means all of you mu'mineen should be in the company of all of the sadiqeen, i.e. Arabic grammar says that each and every one of you of the mu'min should be in the sobat of one of the sadiqeen. You understand? Kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. So, suhbat, not just a characteristic of the sahaba, but to put ourselves in the company. Who are the sadiqeen? Sadiqeen comes from sidq. And obviously the greatest Siddiq was Siddiq Akbar Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Siddiq or Sadiq or a person of Siddiq means that person who is true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu by following the commandments and wishes of Allah and His Messenger. And at the very least it should be somebody who is truer than us. So it's a, it can also be viewed especially in this day and age as a relative term. That for me, who are the sadiqeen? They're going to be the people who I feel are truer than me to Allah Subhanahu and the Prophet I'm going to put myself in their company. Because I've proven myself to be untrue. I have been disloyal. I've broken my covenant and pledge of iman. I've lapsed into sin. I've lapsed into neglect. I've lapsed into ghaflat. So if I can keep the company and put myself in the presence of the sadiqeen, I will be doing amal on this verse. Right? And because Allah subhanahu wa said, Ittakullaha wa kunu ma sadakin, it means that kunu ma sadakin is the way to get taqwa. Ittakullah command, adopt taqwa. Easy way to do it, Allah ta'ala says, kunu ma sadakin. So, suhba. So, so far we have been taking the Quran al and the prophetic model side by side. 
we have come to feature one of the skiya which was rabitan ittila to be in the contact in the grand sa'al to establish contact to communicate to inquire to ask to inform second we mentioned suhba which is company to spend time in to sit in the presence uh, in to listen to to read to hear audio any type of suhba in this day and age we have cyber suhba audio suhba right company third third thing we mentioned that the prophet then we brought it to the prophet's side is that he gave some nasiha that is obviously there that is the responsibility of every teacher anybody who has any ill of any kind whether it is ilm of the heart or ilm of the quran or ilm of the hadith or ilm of fiqh if they are asked they are duty bound by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the being who granted him or her that ilm in the first place to share that and that ilm and that knowledge is really just an amanat is actually really just an amanat or a trust that we are carriers and bearers of that trust and that is why the prophet some said in a hadith a very well known hadith al ulama warasatul anbiya that the ulama of the deen are the inheritors of the prophets. And they inherit every role of the Prophet except one, which was the Prophet. And specifically that means that they will not be receiving any wahi or revelation, and therefore they will not be reciting any verses of revelation. So they're not inheritors to the first of the four functions, but they're inheritors to the other three. The ulama are going to do tazkiyah, the ulama are going to teach the kitab, the ulama are going to teach hikmah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Tanfa'ul that give nasihat, give admonishment, give a reminder, because verily such a reminder and nasiha benefits the mu'mineen. And the last thing we mentioned in the prophetic model was that the person who received that nasihat from their teacher followed it. Ittiba. That they followed it. Now Obviously, Sahaba Ikram following the Prophet ﷺ understood. Oh, we all follow our Nabi. What I have to do is show you the concept of following a ghair Nabi. Right? Ittibai Rasul, nobody has a problem with that. I'm talking about Ittibai ghair Rasul. Ittibai ghair Rasul because the person we're going to ask is going to be ghair Rasul. The person we're going to tell that I, don't, I can't remember Allah and my Salah. We don't have access to the Prophet ﷺ to tell him that. The person we're going to tell that I think bad things in my salah. We don't have the Paul system to tell him that. The person we're going to tell that I have envy for my fellow Muslim sister. We don't have the Paul system to tell that. So whoever amongst the sadiqin, the Quran commands the sadiqin. Kunu ma sadiqin. I'm taking it one step further. Ittibai sadiqin. Where am I going to get that from? How am I going to show you ittiba to a ghair nabi? So number one, let's go back to history. After Sahaba Karam and their name was Sahaba, because they kept the company of the Prophet ﷺ. What is the next generation called by every single person in the world? Tabin. And they were Tabin of who? Of the Sahaba. Obviously they were people who did Ittibai Sunnah. Obviously. But they were called Tabin because they did Ittibai of the Sahaba. Ittibai of the Ghair Nabi. In what though? But the Sahaba was teaching them Quran and Sunnah. The Sahaba was bringing them towards the Deen. So the Tabin is the name of that generation of people who said that in order to make ourselves, align ourselves on this deen, we're going to do ittibab the sahaba, we're going to do ittibab the ghair nabi, we're going to follow a ghair nabi. And the next generation is called tabai tabi. 
the people that do ittibam databin, the followers of the followers of the companions of the Prophet. And actually, I'll now go back to Quran. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاتَّبِعْ al mu'minin," And do ittiba. Command for all believers. وَاتَّبِعْ An-Nabi. Obviously, that is there elsewhere in the Quran. This verse, وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ You must do ittiba of the path of the believers. It means that the sabil, sabil means way, path. So there is something called sirat al-mustaqim. There is something called sabil al-mu'mineen. That this is a well-trodded path. It means that me and you, what is our hakikat? That we are the tabai, 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 ila akhri, tabai, tabin. We are the followers, the followers of the followers, dot, 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 of the followers of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of the Prophet of Allah. That is our lineage. So, and in another place, if we want to talk ittiba of one person, that's also in Quran. Allah subhanahu says in Quran, وَاتَّبِعْ مَنْ anaba alayya That you should follow that person. Man is a singular. Man anaba ilayya That person who has inaba towards me. Allah subhanahu saying about himself in Quran. Inaba means that person who is deeply inclined towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the exclusion of everything else. It's also been mentioned by Allah in Quran. So did ittiba. So the prophetic model of Tazkiyah and the Quranic model of Tazkiyah centers around again Suhbah putting ourselves in the company of the Sadiqeen of those who are truer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet than we are. Number two Rabita with them establishing contact and communication with them and discussing with them and su'al and asking them about whatever obstacles we feel have come between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Whatever impurities we feel have spiritual impurities have arisen in our spiritual heart. Number three, to listen to and to receive to nasiha and hidayah from them. Because they are the warath of the anbiya. Just like the Prophet was Bashir and Nadira, that he was a bringer of glad tidings, a warner, an admonisher, a guider, a teacher. Just like that, these ulama of the heart are going to be teachers. They're going to give us teachings and we must listen to them. And the fourth thing with ittiban, we must follow that advice. We must follow the answer that they give. Obviously when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلُ ذِكْرِ Ask the people of zikr. It's understood that whatever answer they give you, you have to follow it. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told you to ask them. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell you to ask them, the ahlul dhikr, if you're not meant to follow them? If you're not meant to listen to what they tell you in reply to your question? So this is the Qur'an and Sunnah model of Tazkiyah. 